1: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Race for the Case podcast on the Yahoo College Sports podcast. I'm Pat Forty. I am joined, as always, for our picks and betting segment by the estimable and easily beatable Pete Thamel. (laughs) The Harlem, uh, the Washington Generals of a pick foil. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was at least close this week. Uh, we, yeah. we, I bottomed out the previous week with an O for six. Pete did better than I did. Everybody did better than I did, and then I came back four and two against the spread. Pete was three and three. I believe that makes me a plus ten on the season. Does that sound about right, Peter? I feel like I'm, I'm like slumping worse than the NASDAQ right now, because even <laughs> I
0: told people to not bet and buy Amazon stock, and even that's gone down since I, <laughs> since I gave that advice. So yeah, the NASDAQ was down 4% yesterday, so it's pretty much just been all, all losses. I'm downwind of 40s cheese grater mockery from Kentucky. It's just,
1: yeah, nothing has gone right, but this week it will all change. <laughs> There's the attitude that uh, we count on. A little optimism out of you. Very good. Typhoid Pete trying to turn it around. <laughs> uh, you do have the Red Sox going for you at least, Pete, Boston uh, resident. He's got he's got the Red Sox rolling on the Dodgers at this point. Um, yeah, it's bef- gonna be a shame we won't have games six and seven here because we'll win. Uh,
0: I actually I don't want to jinx the Red Sox by talking yeah, about. Yeah, wait a <laughs> minute! <laughs> I actually care about that. Like I don't yeah. bet on the games. I just make picks. <laughs> that would, wow,
1: that would pierce my soul. So we're we're gonna yeah we're we're sending. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. After you, if that uh, if that comes back to bite him, that would not be good. And now let's get on to our picks, Pete. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a kind of a light slate of games today. In fact, yeah. you know what? Light enough that I want to go. I want to get ahead one week, uh, and I want to ask you because be, the game of the year is next week: LSU Alabama. And there's been some early speculation on the line because neither of them play this week, so we we kind of mm-hmm. know what the table is going to be set at. 14 points spread in Baton Rouge, in Death Valley. Been a long time since LSU has been an underdog like that there. What do you think of that line?
0: My my gut is, and again, I've been wrong about every LSU pick I've had this year. I'm very proud of that, by the way. <laughs> is that I, I think Alabama will cover it. Now, look, LSU has a great defense. They don't have the defensive line. The creatures, so-called creatures, is, is the new favorite SEC coach word of the de jour. They they perhaps don't have the creatures they've had there in years past, but they're uh, they're they're obviously back four, and their linebackers are uh, are, are a mighty mighty fine looking crew. Obviously, like Greedy Williams. I, I do think some of that line may have to do with uh, Devin White's suspension from the targeting, um, which we probably will get into more next week, but that's certainly a uh, certainly a factor there and how media outrage tried to change SEC rules was a fun little uh, a fun little topic that uh, that popped up for a few days there and good for the SEC for not you know uh, succumbing to that and uh, and doing that. But I just don't know. How LSU is going to move the ball? I don't think they're going to score a ton against Alabama, and you know, two of them may have to play the fourth quarter. God forbid, right? Um, but yeah, I just feel like they have. They'll find a way to get thirty-five points.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's here's what it comes down to to me is even if LSU's defense holds Alabama to three touchdowns less than its scoring average, that's thirty-five. LSU's yeah. not scoring thirty-five. I don't think nope. so. Uh, I mean, that Alabama offensive machine, I saw him in person in Knoxville. It's spectacular, and I do think the Devin White suspension is a major factor for a half, especially because that's when Alabama mm-hmm. does most of his damage in that first half. Wetzel and I had fun talking about James Carville trying to overthrow the SEC on the uh, podcast <laughs> earlier this week. God bless him. Uh, no, no shortage of characters in Louisiana. John Bell no. Edwards, the governor, even weighed in on the uh, on the targeting call. It was wonderful. We will go deep on picking LSU Alabama next week. I guarantee that. But let's pick the big SEC game this week to start our picks here. Uh, Georgia-Florida, the cocktail party game. Major, major game in the SEC East. Uh, Mm -hmm. Renewed relevance, I guess, for that game with both teams with one loss. Uh, Florida, one of the better success stories in the league, certainly. Uh, Dan Mullen has done a very, very good job taking them from a team that found ways to lose to a team that finds ways to win. Georgia, coming off a, a open date week before that, they got a real reality check in Pat- Baton Rouge. They got smoked by LSU. Georgia is laying six and a half in Jacksonville. What do you think, Pete? Well, I, first of all,
0: am toasting the cocktail party coming back as a relevant event on the calendar. Right.
1: Yeah. Great. like College
0: football is a better place when everybody's in Jacksonville drinking their face off all day. Right. Like it's just <laughs> if you are anti cocktail party, I'm sorry. Like you should not be listening to this podcast. What a what a spectacle. What an event. Yeah, You and I have been lucky to cover a handful of them over the years, Pat. And I am most looking forward to out of this game. The fact that now this game is like right on the cusp of the highest level of national relevance. It's obviously two very highly ranked teams. I don't think and I'm assuming you don't think either of these teams mathematically they could end up factoring in the playoff race but I don't think realistically either of them are good enough yet. But that said, I feel like this game could now well be a bellwether, you know, obviously for the SEC East, but also for the playoff too as they both continue to grow. I think both programs are trending very much in the right direction. Kirby Smart's got the the Alabama Death Star part 2 carbon copied down there and they're just young. They they're, they're going to be fine. And, uh obviously Dan Mullen is uh his quarterback work with Felipe Franks is is obviously continuation of what he was able to do at Mississippi State and uh this will be fun so I'm, I'm toasting my Florida pick I think they will lose by one uh, but they will cover and I am toasting it to many more good cocktail parties.
1: Wow lose by one okay all right that's uh, you know I I will say this. We covered the 2005 cocktail party and sat next to each other in the press box. And all of a sudden you disappeared in like the second quarter. <laughs> and you came back and you had broken the news on Charlie Weiss's devastating contract with uh, Notre Dame. And I was like, how did he do that? That's good work out of you. I got
0: to mock that in, uh, in, the, uh, in my hot seat column this week. Because yeah, uh, yeah. If, that, that contract makes Gus Malzahn's look responsible at Auburn. So take a bow, Kevin <laughs> yeah. White. They're finally
1: outracing you. That's the worst contract in college football history. Way to go, yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so yes, that you broke that news that day, if if my memory serves, and I think it does. Um. All right. So yeah, and you know what, Dan and I talked about this too. Great neutral site game. Just the you know the The fans go at it from a partying standpoint, from a trash talking standpoint. I think the crowd is drunker for this game than for the Red River game because it's later in the day. Red River game is always an <laughs> 11 a.m. kickoff. <laughs> Friday night in Dallas is mayhem, but Saturday is a bit of a hangover. Not That's so in Jacksonville. Peak 40 Wetzel talk right there. Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> We broke it down, man. <laughs> if you had to down. describe in a Twitter bio
1: what you guys do on a podcast, that would pretty much sum it up right there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, um, as is usually the case, I'm going to disagree with you because I prefer to be right, and I'm taking Georgia <laughs> to cover – Uh, I think that they're going to win. That's a 7-10 to point game. Um, I think the the biggest thing I like for them is a week off after a loss. That's a reality check time. That's a get-your-head-on-straight time. Uh, That's a time to really explore your weaknesses and then come back better. And one thing that Kirby Smart, I think, has shown, certainly last year, although they only lost once uh, until the championship game, and maybe this year, we'll see, is learn from your mistakes in a loss and come back stronger for that. So I expect to see a tougher Georgia team uh, and a team less prone to making mistakes and probably one that's going to figure out its play calling a little bit better because their play calling was terrible uh, in Baton Rouge. So I am taking the Bulldogs to cover. You have got the Gators. We will see who ends up on the right side of that particular cocktail.
0: Let me ask one more uh, one more point here. First of all, I, yep. I want to mock you for saying they'll be come back tougher. Like, what do you think they did in the
1: last ten days? Like,
0: <laughs> but I, I did want to ask you. We have talked a lot about Brook and or Stanford. Watching, obviously, your son Clayton is a sophomore, no, junior swimmer at Ju- Georgia. Junior yes. swimmer,
1: at Georgia. Will he be joining the fracas at the cocktail party this weekend? <laughs> He will not be. He'll be watching from Athens. Uh, Okay. We should probably note the pool party before the cocktail party. Friday, they swim against Florida, and I will be in attendance for that. Oh, Um, very nice. nice. Yeah, big, big, big early meet. Uh, between two good programs, there top ten programs, so that will be a lot of fun. And then I'll, I'll take Florida, so Georgia wins. How about that in the swim meet? <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> you're you're welcome. The dogs. Uh, thank you for that. i not surprising that I'm taking the dogs in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Next game. Let's go. Uh, let's go Big Ten here. Um, two interesting Big Ten games. I think one the Big Ten West is bonkers. Going to be a really good stretch run there to see who wins that division. And we've got an important game between two teams that are tied for the lead in, in the loss column. Wisconsin and Northwestern. game is in Evanston. Wisconsin is favored by five and a half. Northwestern weird team. they've looked weird. Good. they've looked bad. they can't run, they can play defense. they cannot play I mean, they've been all over the board, I think. Uh, Wisconsin's been a disappointment um, but got back on the beam last week after being blown out by Michigan. Uh, five and a half is the number, Pete. What do you think? I wish I could take neither because I really don't <laughs> like either team. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, uh I am going to take
0: Wisconsin just with the with the thought of how garish Northwestern looked at Rutgers last week. Like just yeah. absolutely garish, and I. I think the run game really has just been, it's, it, it will be further exposed against Wisconsin, although Wisconsin's defense has been, I, you know, one of the bigger, I think, disappointments in, in college football this year. It'd be interesting with that program. I was talking to Jerry DiNardo about this uh, yesterday Dave Revson over at the Big Ten Network. I almost feel like we might be ready for Wisconsin to take a step back. Um, when all those good offensive linemen leave they haven't been able to obviously capitalize on on having the, the the momentum and you know when you have the line come like that with all the veterans everything's in place and they've they've not capitalized on it they did have a bunch of coaching transition I just wonder if some of the upperclassmen's classes aren't aren't as what they were I don't know I am uh, it just it, that's they've been one of the biggest disappointments that said I'm going to take Wisconsin
1: so yeah well I'm with you I, I am underwhelmed by Wisconsin and uh more underwhelmed by Northwestern. Just don't they if you can't run the ball at all, it catches up with you in games like this, which are line of scrimmage games. And as as unimpressive as Wisconsin's defense has been, uh, you know they they lost a lot from last year, but still they've got some studs back, and it just hadn't it hadn't translated. They have not been as good on that side of the ball. Hornabrook, if Hornebrook doesn't kill them with terrible throws, <laughs> they're going to win, uh, and they should win pretty comfortably. I think I think they run the ball, they control the clock. They stopped the run on the other side. Thorson has been very mercurial up and down this year, and I I, I think that uh, that's a Wisconsin victory by at least a touchdown, probably more. Okay, now one more Big Ten game. Iowa at Penn State. Iowa has been really good. I would say Kirk Ferentz right now, Big Ten Coach of the Year. Over uh, pending- your brother, Jeff Brom? Uh, I mean, Brom, he still lost Eastern Michigan, man. I mean, He did. He did. You know? He it did. remains on the it remains on the on the permanent record. We'll see how it <laughs> ends up. Hey, if, if Purdue wins the West, which is not out of the question, nope, not then, sure then then there's your answer. But uh, for now, Iowa, a very surprising one loss team, moving up yeah. the rankings at at Penn State, which is not boy, the Penn State of September is not translated to the Penn State of October. Uh, <sighs> Happening up, yeah. If you look at their numbers, offensive numbers way down, defensive numbers way up in terms of yards allowed uh, and points allowed. So uh, Penn State is at home. Iowa's been a good road team so far, but they haven't been into an atmosphere like this. Iowa is laying, no, is getting six and a half, getting six and a half. What do you
0: think, Pete? I really like Iowa in this game. Uh, I feel like Iowa's run defense is is stout. I feel like their defensive line, I just feel like Penn State's offense has pretty much folded since that fourth and five play at midfield against Ohio State, uh, the ill-fated uh, run play that uh, Chase Young stuffed. And, uh, yeah, I, I think Iowa can control. Penn State's run defense is like 74th in the country. Um, it's been interesting. You could do an interesting debate of who has missed Saquon Barkley more. Joe Moorhead, whose offenses are just is sputtering at Mississippi State. Eight. It's like a wing tee. He's just running Nick Fitzgerald <laughs> or Ricky Ronnie, who, who you know, uh, after starting off hot, they led the nation in scoring after the first month. Um, have have kind of hit a, hit a reality check here. Uh, I, Penn State hasn't shown that to find answers when adversity hits, and I think Iowa goes in there and punches him in the mouth. And Newkirk rolls. They are they have punted the ninth least of anyone in the country and gone for it on fourth down fifteen times. So much like that our is listeners, so amazing should pick the opposite of what I pick, like New Kirk
1: is the opposite of old Kirk. Totally. It's just shocking, man. And this is a guy who loves to punt. I mean, can't <laughs> wait to punt. I think if he I used to think if you'd let him punt on third down, he would. But <laughs> uh now, yeah, they're rolling the dice. They're coming up with crazy ideas. It's it's a fascinating transition there. And I don't know whether it's his son having a little bit of influence on him, Brian Ferentz, mm-hmm. or what, but it's pretty cool, really. Uh, and I, I agree with you. I think Iowa getting points there is, that's almost free money to me. That's, I, because I think wow. I was going to win the straight free up. money call. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa straight up and getting six and a half. Thank you very much, uh, Vegas. But that, here's just real quick the Penn State numbers I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, September, yards per game, 510. Uh, October, 407. Down over 100. Uh, Yards allowed September 354, October 486, over 130 more. So, you know, yeah, well, one of those is, is playing Ohio State. So the competition level went up, but it also includes Indiana. They haven't stopped anybody and they they're were not moving against the ball. Indiana. They yeah. really were. They were very fortunate to even win. So, okay, out west, Pete, big Pac 12 North game, Washington State at Stanford. Um, the, the Cardinal, who have not had a great season, have a chance though to put a hammer lock on the Pac12 North in the next two weeks. They host Washington State and then they're at Washington. Win them both, it's over because you will have beaten both of them and Oregon. You'd have the head to head over all of them uh, and they'd be going to the Pac-12 championship almost certainly. Washington State though, has had a hell of a season. Uh, give credit to the Pirate. He's done fantastic work with East Carolina transfer Gardner Minshew. Washington State is a three-point underdog on the farm i would assume the stanford women's swim team will be there in force cheering for the cardinal uh i'll update everyone on that but what do you think of the game so i hate to disappoint our very faithful stanford
0: women's swim team listenership which i know is robust but uh i like the pirate in this game i mean i i just like cut cut away reputation and look at result this year right washington state is is as this is just as good of a Mike Leach team as since he had Graham Harrell and Michael Crabtree back at uh, back at Texas Tech. I mean, they they completely unnerved and annihilated Oregon the other night. I uh, I feel like this is the least Stanfordy Stanford team that, you know, maybe David Shaw has had. They do not dominate at the point of the attack. Bryce Love, unfortunately, because he's a great kid, made a bad decision going back to school. I mean, he just hasn't had anything going this year. Um uh, and Stanford doesn't have an identity other than, like, throwing throwing deep balls up to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside on the outside. And that's pretty much the, the sum total of what they've done. It will not be an intimidating environment for Washington State. Washington State, I feel like, can go down there and win. And we can bring up again that they should be undefeated because they shouldn't have lost at USC because of the bad targeting call.
1: Yeah, well, I can't necessarily disagree with anything you said, but I'm still going to disagree with your pick. Um, okay. First of all, just because I flat don't trust you. But secondly – Yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just I, – I, I feel a letdown for Washington State. You had the game day thing, and this is one of the re- – I picked Washington State last week because I thought they were just going to be sky high, the biggest home moment they've probably ever had in Pullman. Now you got to come down from that, and you got to go on the road – and you got to play a team that plays a different style, and no, it's not a classic David Shaw team, but there's still enough. I think Stanford, especially defensively, to make things difficult for um, for Washington State, and to at least you know to to slow down that attack. And I I, I think that while they have not been able to run the ball, maybe they can have a, enough success there to have a more balanced offense. Uh, and I just I, I think that Washington State basically this is more a pick about Washington State and what I think they're up against emotionally than anything else. I just think they're walking into a difficult situation and will not be able to perform at the level they had the previous week. So I am going to take Stanford and lay the three points. So there's two differences and two we agree on. Let's go to our fifth pick, Texas at Oklahoma State. Boy, have the Cowboys been a disappointment, while the Ooh. Longhorns have been a, uh, a pleasant surprise. Um, Texas has been winning close ones, um, living right making enough good plays they are a three and a half point favorite at Stillwater against an Oklahoma State team that we'll see you know we'll see if they haven't packed the tents in uh if they if they still want to play uh or not coming off of consecutive very disappointing losses you lose by 19 to Kansas State you lose at home to Iowa State they also got blown out at home by Texas Tech does Oklahoma State have anything left for this game Peter I don't think they do, Pat. Uh, if you remember last year, Todd Orlando
0: and that Texas defense really shut down Oklahoma State. Uh, they ended up Texas ended up losing in overtime, but I, I think they held them to like ten or seventeen. It was a very it was a very low number. And if you just based this line off of results of this season, I would think Texas would be favored by ten and a half, not mm-hmm. three and a half. Now I know it's a road game, et cetera, et cetera and maybe Oklahoma State. There's an element of desperation. But I really feel like, again, I don't think this Texas team is going to the playoff. I think they'd probably lose a rematch to Oklahoma, quite frankly. But I, I think this has been a solid Texas team that has shown defensive chops when it's had to. I think schematically, or Orlando has at least done well in a small sample size. So I like the uh, I like the Longhorns to cover on the road.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm with you. I think. Uh I think they cover on the road. I, I'm not sure it's 10. I think it's close, you know, seven or less. I will say one, two, three, five, four, one, one, two, three, four of Texas's games have been decided by five points or less, six points or less. Uh, they have played a lot of close games and they, they've been a momentum team within mm-hmm. games. The, things roll and they score 21 in a row. Then things fall apart and they give up 21 in a row. A lot of swings like that. So uh, I just can't. I don't I just feel like that and that's partly, you know, program maturity and player maturity of of, you know, being a little more consistent. So I think I don't think they can run away and hide from Oklahoma State, but I think they can win. Yeah, this Oklahoma State team wasn't supposed to be very good coming into the year and they have lived down to or perhaps even below <laughs> expectations there. So, tough year for the mullet. He's going to lose again. All right, Pete, what's your lock of the week? My lock of the week are going to be those
0: Ducks going down to uh going down to Arizona. Um uh, I I really feel like Arizona is at the point where they're about to uh where they're about to pack it in. They've had injury issues certainly. I mean, Khalil Tate is right up there with Bryce Love in terms of disappointing uh disappointing Heisman seasons and I just feel like Oregon coming off that loss with some urgency Goes on the road and, and handles them by two touchdowns. I, they're just programmatically talent wise. Oregon is well ahead, and I don't think there'll be any semblance of a home field advantage for Arizona. And I just feel like they can go there and cruise and cover what I believe is ten and a half.
1: Big number on the road. Nine and a
0: half. Nine and a half. It's a big number. It is yeah. a big number. But Arizona's laid some big eggs.
1: They have, they have, and you know what? Nine and a half's better than ten and a half. That's from that standpoint. You kind of yes, like sir. that pick. Anything that's. Uh... Just on the inside of a common spread. That's that's good. Okay, I'll give you that one. Uh, My lock. I am going to take Arkansas, the team which beat what your your lock last week was the worst lock pick in the history ever. The (laughs) worst lock pick in history of college football wagering. When Pete (laughs) took miserable Tulsa, getting I think six and a half, and they lost twenty three to nothing to the to the Razorbacks. And here's why I'm taking the Razorbacks against Vanderbilt. They are a one-and-a-half-point f- uh, underdog at home to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's never a favorite on the road, but they are this time. And while Arkansas started the season horrendously, I mean really badly, they got beaten by a bad Colorado State team. They got blown out by North Texas. Uh, they Obviously, they were blown out by Auburn. They were 1-6, and six, but they were getting better. They weren't atrocious against Texas A&M. They, were, they scored 31 against Alabama. They lost by four to Mississippi. And then you get to feel what winning is like uh, last weekend. And here's the other part of the equation. Vandy back-to-back road games. You are coming off of playing uh, on the road against Kentucky. Night game. You're turning around now. You're going to go to Arkansas and play again on the road. Probably a little bit banged up. You know, physical game there. And they played Florida and Georgia the week two weeks before. So three straight weeks against SEC meat grinder competition. Probably a little beaten up. You go into Arkansas. Hogs are feeling a little better about themselves, and they're getting some points. I think the Hogs win. I think that's a terrible lock. It's not as bad as my lock. I will own the awfulness
0: of my lock from the okay. week before. But I think you took so much pride in my terrible pick and inflated your view of Arkansas. That's possible. And I possible. think Vandy is going to win that game by a touchdown. So, anyway, <laughs> it's not my right to comment on the final of your lock. But I just I just look forward to the opportunity to mock you at the end of our podcast.
1: That's Next fine. Week. No problem. Look, I mocked your lock last week. Yes, so, that's as,
0: fine. And it was well-deserved. It was. I I believe I texted you early on expecting it. I preemptively texted it
1: to steal some of your joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never, ever pick a one and six Tulsa team as a lock in anything ever again, please. But anyway, okay. So those are our picks. And now, Peter, since this is the race for the case of beer, you got to give me a beer that you had this week and uh, what what you liked or didn't like about it. I did a little Midwest swing this week. Our listeners can expect some stories from Purdue and
0: Notre Dame, and I ended up in Chicago watching my Red Sox win World Series games and uh, had a Lagunitas little something-something, a fine beverage uh, that I've enjoyed at other places at other times, but it was the perfect way to wash down a
1: World Series win. I would highly recommend it to our listeners. Excellent. The little something-something is something good. I-, I like that beer a lot. I like all the Lagunitas offerings, but that one might be uh... – my favorite one so kudos to that uh for local interest here since i live in kentucky i had a excellent west sixth ipa it's met brewed in lexington um really good you know super hoppy which i like Uh, a little bit dry but i am i am a west sixth devotee they've got some uh some other good beers that they make out of that brewery but the ipa is the the crown jewel so those are your beer recommendations for the week We've given you your wagering recommendations. We covered the early line on Alabama LSU. Thank you all for listening. Leave us a positive review if you feel to predisposed to do so, and we'll talk to you next week. Monday Reaction Pod, Overreaction Podcast. Check it out.